This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. And now your host, TJ. All right, and here we go again. It's the minivan dad soccer pod doing a Monday edition, which is not normal, and even more not if seemingly not normal. We have the entire band back together. I have with me tonight senior editor of Hot Time in Old Town. I've got Pat with me. Hello, TJ. And then I also we went we went deep into the wilderness and we tracked down conspiracy Chris. What up? Chris, it has been a while. How are how are you? He was it's hanging out with the Orlando Pride and he couldn't be with us. <laughs> I was having drinks with them. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's been a wild time in my household for the last uh, few months, but uh, everything on the up and up finally. Uh, the dog is improving. Um, the house is fixed now, so. You were like a country song for a long time. Yeah, you really were. Like an old country song. New country song would be terrible. No one <laughs> that, but it's done dirt roads and ice cold beer. But like, I'm talking like old country where bad stuff happens to you. Wife ran off with your dog and left yeah, you with just the house. Kind of and those, like the old school. Yeah, the old ones. So, all right. So we'll, we'll start right where you, where you were going, Pat. Today it was an out. We're sitting there and waiting. At for one o'clock for the the rosters for the end end the NWSL Challenge Cup to be announced. They were due at one o'clock this afternoon. That is what we and thought. we were waiting, and then we were waiting, and we were waiting, and nothing. So started to wonder what was going on, only to find out a couple within the next couple of hours after that the Orlando Pride were withdrawing from the tournament because six players and four staff members have been have tested positive for COVID. They're all asymptomatic, so that's a good thing right now. But 10 players in their training camp have COVID, so they are no, no longer Six going players. to Utah. Six players, yes. 10, four staff. 10 people. Thank you. Yeah. 10 total. Yeah. Uh, they just, uh, just the whole team can't go now because they have to do – there's not enough time before the first game to get the follow-up tests in and – the quarantine in and whatever they have to do by the rules. So they're out. That's it. There's no, there were nine teams. Now there are eight teams going to this. And you made you wonder like, what, how would they get this? Well, Meg Linehan reported that uh, they went to a bar and one of the players tested positive And then they all kind of traced it back to everybody who went to that bar. And, um, yeah, that created a, a big issue. And it's it's just one of those cases where even though you can do something because coward politicians don't want to make tough decisions, doesn't mean you should do something. And I think that in this case, you know, I hope they're fine. I hope they're all okay and they, you know, they don't have any long-lasting symptoms. But if I were one of the veterans on this team, like Sidney LaRue, who um, trained to come back to this point and play, I'd be pretty livid right now. Or Mark. I mean, Mar- Marta. Was on, yeah. Marta's in her last few year, couple of years. I don't suspect Marta was in the group that went drinking, but I don't know. But I don't think so. I so. don't think so either, no. Um, but I'm pretty sure I would not want to have to face her or Sidney LaRue. Or Ashlyn Harris. I mean, there are a few that on that roster, I don't think I'd want to face when this is all said and done. Now, before we step into what what this means, how this plays for MLS going to Orlando, how if you're these players, and you know, right now they're, the names have not been disclosed publicly, they're not out there or anything like that. I'm sure they will be in time. What do you do with them? Can they come back on the roster at all? Are they done? What, I mean, if you if it was your team, would you want them back on the team? And same with the and really same with the staff members. It, you know, I, without knowing all the details, I don't want to say for sure, but I'd be really, really, really mad 
if if I found out, like just, just to find out that they went, you know, if it was truly just a selfish decision to go have fun at a bar and instead of doing the right thing and partying in a hotel room or something in somebody's apartment, um, then yeah, it's, I don't see how you, you can let them get away with it because it's, it is, it's stealing. It's not just, you know, it's, it's not just about you not being able to go. It's about, it's about veterans not being able to play their final games. It's not, it's about, you know, fringe players, uh, not getting their chance, not getting their chance perhaps. So like it's, it's affected a lot of people and it's, it's ridiculous. Fans of the the team not getting to see their, see their team playing. Yeah. Now the whole, now the league has to frantically try to redo the schedule, which screws up their brand new TV partner, CBS, uh, potentially. So it's got a lot of people had to scramble and do a lot of work today and, and, or have their, their next month ruined because some people were selfish. And, and that's what we know right now. It could be, maybe that's not really what happened, but, um, if it is, that's really ridiculous. Yeah, and yeah, it, it's it. There's a call tomorrow, I believe, with the players, and everything we're seeing and reporting it online is that it's going to be two four-team brackets instead of the three three teams. So it would make sense. It would. But then that means there's three group stage games instead of just four. the two or yeah. four. Yeah. Now. Then again, then the other thought of it is, hey, why don't they make a 16 bracket like MLS? I mean, you could always go that route just because why not? But just have one be different yeah. than the other. Or why not? Those yeah. teams have a lesser chance of advancing. There, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So. And as I said, you know, so this all happened in Orlando, which, along with Texas and Arizona, are the, the leaders in covid outbreaks right now. Yeah. Go figure. The one, the states that opened up are the ones that are too quickly are the ones that are having issues now. MLS is due to head down there shortly. Yeah. Now they're. I get it. They're going to be. I mean, they're going to be in a full quarantine bubble in the in Walt Disney World in the Walt Disney World's complex. Yes. So this. Do you see this being? Any sort of an issue? I mean, are, I mean, are these I think pl- in theory, if you take a, you know, like 50% of the tests came back uh, positive when they tested workers at the airport in Orlando last week. But uh, in theory, if you took a charter flight down and then you got on a bus and that bus was sanitized and you made sure the driver was tested and he got you into the Coronado Springs Resort, you stayed inside the bubble the entire time you're probably pretty safe except we we know that the like the uh cleaning staff and the uh bus drivers aren't required to stay in the bubble um i know that if if i were to have gone there uh as a reporter which i'm not planning on um you're kind of in the bubble but you still are kept away from the players you still have to interview the players on zoom from what i understand even if you're there Mm-hmm. Basically, it gives you the ability. So to you're on the... site, but you still have to. Yes. Huh. Yeah, you have to interview them over the computer. Basically, the only thing it gives you is the ability to watch the games in person at a distance from everybody else. I'm like that doesn't really seem worth it to me. But there, I mean, there, I can't even go to training right now, even though I could pretty easily stay far away from everybody else and, you know, stay six feet away on on interviews. They, I'm not none of their media are allowed to go to training right now. So um, they're taking it very seriously, but all it takes is somebody being a dipshit, somebody sneaking out or somebody, um, you know, somebody coming in with it that that shouldn't be. It, It just takes one for this. You can, you can only be so safe, but it's sort of like, our lives right now, right? Like you could, we still have to go to the grocery store and still have to go get gas in our cars and things like that. You can only be so safe. There's still a chance you'll get it. So I I feel like it's a reasonable risk, even though I feel kind of selfish that I feel that way only because I want them to come back because I like them. Right. So I I recognize that fully, but I still feel like it's reasonable. It it, it is a reasonable risk. And I, I think, 
but you're talking about like we have risks we have to take in our lives right now going to the gas station. Those are all places you can wear masks. Yeah. I I don't know about I, I don't know about you guys, but I I know our par- our church has opened up again. Restaurants are open back up. I am not planning on going anywhere near a sit down restaurant for a while. I will continue to do takeout and go that route and wear my mask in and out so I can mitigate that risk as much as possible. And I can't see that being, and it's going to be that way for a while for, for my family. I, it, and I don't know. I, the, the appeal you're not of allowed to, to be fair. You're not allowed in a lot of places. Well, there's that, this is true. <laughs> and that's because they, but yours and Chris's pictures are right. Next public to it. So, I mean, it's all three. It's, it's all of us. So, um, yeah. yeah. There, there's that. I mean, Chris is wanted in several states, so it's because uh, he knows too much. He does. It's always because of that. He, he, he's got, he's got the, he's got everybody chasing him. So doctors, <laughs> doctors. <laughs> oh, that's so, a reference to Cleveland, 2006. Okay. <laughs> These effing doctors. <laughs> Before Michael Bradley's or after Michael Bradley's first game, we yeah. met a guy who was screaming about effing doctors. It's just a thing that happened. I can't really tell you more than that. What is it with you guys and going to national team games and seeing weird shit happen? I mean, the, the Every one, time, time. I went, one time I went with you guys, we had Lance Armstrong there. So yeah, the guy <laughs> dressed in full Lance Armstrong garb, puking on his shoes, <laughs> drinks All drunk, his shirt, drinks drunk, passed out he before saw... the game started. Chris fought a Polish man. Chris fought some redheaded guy in the U.S. section once. Uh, oh, that was in that was in Philadelphia. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. We saw a guy literally. I've never ever in in my life seen a guy smash his head as hard against something as we did in Cleveland oh, 2013. We may have like seen it, someone die. It may have we, died. We, we still tried, are not we tried to figure this out. Yeah. So, like we've seen some crazy. There's always something insane that happens when we go to a national team game. So, yeah. So that definitely. So, if we find out when we when you guys do return to national team games, we definitely have to make sure this is out there so we can increase the crowd. Just because you know something weird is going to happen, so we can go that route. I hope so. Yeah. Hope so. so let's move on. Um, so MLS seems like it'll be okay. Uh, is there any any? Yeah, there's a lot of time though between now and then. The, true. There, this is true. This, there's this the rate true. that this stuff develops. Yeah, there's something's bound to happen. Although I do hope that they there's a there's a simple fix on that six team group, and that's to let the third place team in that group is statistically almost surely going to go through as one of the four top third place teams. Mm-hmm. The fix is you just let the fourth place team in that group be thrown in the third place team mix seems like it would statistically even out then for me. Otherwise you have, you have one group that has fewer teams going through than the other groups by percentage. So it's kind of right. And and I remember seeing the odds when they posted the, like the fire's chances of winning the group are better than their odds are of getting out of the group. And I, and it was one of the weird, I had to look at it three times to see it. But because of their schedule, their schedule being relatively, you know, with Inter Miami and Nashville, yeah. their chances yeah. of winning that group are better than, yeah, than. <laughs> yeah, they so have it was LCO, ca- and they have Inter Miami, and they have uh, NYCFC. Right, which they, will probably be the toughest of the three, I would guess. But um, so that's realistically, I think you're looking at it at least six points there, which in a normal four team group would get you through probably, mm-hmm. but um, unless you get the weird three way tie, but um, in this group, you don't know because you, you don't know that you, you could conceivably finish with nine points in this group and finish in third. It would True. guarantee you to go through, but you'd be one of the, you know, you'd be seated really low. You, you can win nine points win three games, get nine points and, and get a low seed. Can, but could, can you get, can you get three, can there be three teams with nine points? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if it was math. I'm, I'm trying to do the math on, I could see two teams for sure getting nine. I don't, I didn't know if a third I think there team could, could be, I, I'd have to double check, but I'm, I'm, I, this is something I 
think I came up with earlier okay. last week. And I never wrote about it. And maybe I'm wrong. It's, it's late now. We're recording this on Monday night and I'm tired. Sure. Uh, no problem. I don't have my notes in front of me, TJ, but I think you could have three teams. And I don't feel like figuring it out on the air. No, I, do, I, I know it's, you, it's wouldn't really... edit, you wouldn't edit it out. You would just leave it in where we did the math. We talked no, about it. I, don't, I really don't want you doing math tonight. It, it Like you said, it's late. So we're going to move on. So yeah, the Premier League returned last week. It, it did for all teams, but Arsenal. <laughs> and Arsenal has played two games. They just decided they didn't. They just decided they didn't want to show up for either of them. And I don't want to talk about Arsenal, TJ. I want to talk about Christian Pulisic. Yeah. And we should talk about Christian Pulisic. Christian Pulisic in Chelsea's first game back starts on the bench, comes in in what the 58th minute and scores in the 60th minute to bring Chelsea back level on a 2-1 the win. scored and they won and. Uh, not that I enjoy seeing Chelsea win, but if Arsenal's going to be absolutely dreadful, I want Pulisic to do well. So, uh, yeah, it was nice to see. I mean, it, it was a pretty sensational weekend for Americans abroad. There was Pulisic, Weston McKinney scored, Tyler Adams played, Giovanni Reina had a ridiculous assist to uh, Ivan Drago for Borussia Dortmund. <laughs> Um, Gio, Gio Reyna's first start in the Bundesliga. Yeah, Chris Richards got his first action with uh, with Bayern. Now that yeah, Bayern can sit people out. Um, Chris Richards was also on the bench. He was in the 18 for the day they won the Shield, so uh, he got to go dump beer on uh, his teammates. I, did, I didn't see the video. Did they do that this year? Or is that is the beer dumping considered to be? Um, my guess, my my wager is is probably going to be considered a no go area for now. I like it though. I like the Poliner beer dumping. So yeah, and who else? I mean, it's did Josh Sargent do anything? I'm not sure, but like there's, I th- I think he went the full ninety. Did he? Like that's he it was fantastic, fantastic last week for for our guys abroad, and it actually, um, I would include it. He's not ours. He's Canadian. He's Canada's. But Alfonso Davies winning the Bundesliga. Um, rookie of the year, yeah, coming out of MLS. That is it, pretty. That is pretty amazing. Yeah, like it's he's. I didn't think that he would play at Bayern, and not only is he playing, he's like a key starter, one of the best mm-hmm. players on their team now in that short amount of time. So I am jealous that Canada gets him because, um, he's he's absolutely outstanding, but. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I did at one point look into. Did he have like American relatives that maybe, <laughs> maybe we could convince him? I don't see. He has chance. like a. He's got like a West African accent, so I, I think his his family is is from. Yeah, uh, they moved to Toronto when he was little. I think. Yeah, I think he's from Ghana or somewhere originally where he's born, but we can pretty easily figure this out. Um, he's also got one of the best TikToks out there, so. Yeah, he was born in Ghana. Um, still only 19 and absolutely crazy ridiculous. The Roadrunner, as Thomas Muller called him. So Yeah, he definitely he came he definitely took the restart of the Bundesliga by the horns and has made the most yeah. of it. That's for darn sure. It's, so but it's, I mean, he, you obviously can't include him in this, but if, if we're still sad about 2018, the crop of guys that we've got playing in Europe now is probably the best it's ever been. Yeah, I mean... There have been, there have been you know, the Dempsey, where everybody played for Fulham era, was pretty good too, but it's exciting. It is. And and we still haven't even. I mean, we haven't even talked about some of the mainstays with the national team in that sense. I mean, so you you got Wea that's still that's still out there among other um, DeAndre Yedlin. I, you've got other. Yeah, players Yedlin that are got still... his hundredth uh, appearance in the Premier League this last weekend. He had some comments though, like he's because of the George Floyd situation and uh, what's going on in our fine country right now. Um, DeAndre said he. 
I don't want to put words in his mouth. He said, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something like he doesn't totally feel comfortable with playing for our country right now, which kind yeah, of that, him. that he, that he struggles uh, with the thought of playing for the U S or something like yeah. that. Hopefully um, we, you know, make him feel comfortable, but um, Sergino Dest is going to play for Bayern. Is, is it going to be, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> my God. This is going to be fun if 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 uh, old Triple G can get all these guys to play together, which it's it's going to become hopefully is easier than you know easy enough that he can't screw it up. So it's going to become North by America, and uh, Zach Steph and Zach Steffen is going to, going to go back to Man City, and he'll be the number two there, from what it sounds like going into next year. Yeah, that was the idea. Mix. He's always in the mix. <laughs> He's in Norway or Sweden or something. But but Zach Steffen getting regular time with um, Dusseldorf, isn't he still? Fortuna Dusseldorf? Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> again, another one just to throw in there. One of the main players that we're really not talking about right now. So the future is looking bright. Bobby and might be coming to MLS. Yeah. Eric Lehigh is a free agent. I wrote a thing about whether the fire should look to bring him home. Since he's from uh, Downers Grove, and the, my answer was, my conclusion was, I don't know. Kind of depends on a lot of things. So, um, it's not really the direction the fire are going is to bring in thirty-one-year-old guys, but Bornstein's there. He's thirty-five. Born, I was going to say Bornstein's not young, but it is crazy to think he's thirty-five. Yeah, I mean, like on on the one hand. Thinking of, say, his worst days with, with the U.S., it does seem like a long time ago. But then again, you think, I, has, like, has it truly been 10-plus years? I, like, I don't, he, he was on the field until the, uh, t- tomorrow is the 10-year anniversary. When you're listening to this, it'll be the 10-year anniversary of... Uh, Landed Donovan's goal against Algeria. He played in that game up until the 81st minute. He came off for Demarcus Beasley, but, but yeah, it's it's crazy to me that that guy. And I saw a picture of him in the lineup, and I threw it up on Twitter tonight. Um, like, look at young Johnny B. But it is funny to me that that young dude uh, is now like the oldest guy on the fire. He's like the veteran. He he's so old. He played with the coach. At Chivas USA, <laughs> he played Raphael Wicky with his Think teammates. about that. Yeah, yeah. On a on a team that had that Chivas USA era had uh, Ante Razov, Jesse Marsh, Jim Curtin, Wicky Bornstein, Guzan left the year before, but he was there up until his transfer. Like there, and I'm I'm wasn't, sure I'm forgetting. Wasn't Bradley coaching him? Bradley, yeah. And Bob Brad- um, and Bob Bradley is yeah coaching him. I mean, <laughs> like that they had a bunch of uh, fire guys and ex fire guys and and uh, um they were he, he coached him right. Be I'm looking up. Bob was there before that. Okay, five oh six. He was there. He was national team coach by by that That's, point. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, he. Because I think Wiki was there in 08. But, but yeah, they had that team had tons of talent for a short period of time before they. Oh, 08, the they're, 08, they were coached by Precky. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's your trip down memory lane, which I think we've spent entirely way too much time on Chivas USA. But. So the 10th anniversary of that game, one of the most famous calls in U.S. soccer with Ian Dark. And Fox showed the game tonight, but chose to use the FIFA feed instead of Ian Dark. Do you guys? Yeah, it it is. That goal needs to. And I don't know if that's just a Ian works for ESPN thing or what, but um, I don't know what the logistics were in, in the audio feed they chose, but that goal has to have Ian Dark's call. It just, it's yeah. re- it makes me, I, I wrote this tonight on Twitter. I, 
every time I see that goal, I smile. I just start smiling like an idiot because it made me so happy. <laughs> that moment, that was the that was maybe the happiest a soccer team has ever made me. Was that moment? I uh, I put it in the top three, but I don't think it's number one for me. Number one would be Jose Cerro in Korea. Oh yeah, I mean that's or, or any of the Dos Ceros we saw in person would be up there as well. But so maybe maybe um, Dos Ceros aside, it'd be right up. It'd be number the, one. The thing that that had that it's hard to get in soccer is a basically a buzzer beater where you go from and it, it had like sort of the Kun Aguero effect from the, when they won their first title too, when city did where you go from, because of what happened in the other game, you go Deaths from despair to you're not going through to your, your, your through you're through you and, topped the group. They topped the group, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, you go from there's it's the 82nd minute and there's no chance and you're devastated to you see a Tim Howard throw the ball and he always would throw it opposite the way the play came. And you're like, Oh God. And the second, like it's, it's easy to think about this now, but I'm thinking the way I remember it is when Howard made that throw, it felt like something was happening. And then the goalie was, makes the save on Dempsey, and then Donovan comes it, in at the right time and just, oh, my God. It was the rebound sitting there and seeing Donovan run up. I was like, he's going to hit this. I That part, I still, I, I, I can remember that, and I can remember the explosion and the things I was screaming about the referees after that. That The referees are what you think of. Well, like... The, it's maybe, Chris, come maybe, on. Maybe it wasn't specifically the referees, but like just the entire situation of we'd been screwed out of a win in the previous game. We were moments away from being cheated out of and, and fully cheated out of because we scored a winning goal. It was taken away from us in the previous game. We were not going to progress simply because of this, and, and we overcame it. Uh, I've, never, I've never gone from such extreme, like, furious anger like rage to just absolute elation in such a short period of time but yeah as soon as that ball bounced out like i remember for a second dempsey takes the shot and i think ah shit he made the save and then i see where it goes and i see donovan's the only one who's gonna get it and i'm like it's going it's going holy shit it's fucking (laughs) and then and then i i uh i went out Wearing a, a Donovan jersey, I went out, took my son for a walk around the block after that because uh, my my um, my oldest was a baby then, and um, so I couldn't go out to watch the game in person. I had to watch it at home because I, I was watching him, and um, I took him out like for a walk, and people were driving by honking at me because of because of the jersey and like waving out windows and screaming at me and stuff. Are you sure it was because of the game in the jersey, and not just because of you? <laughs> so, so amazing, just so. And, it much like uh, because the anniversary of this just came up. Um, much like the uh, uh, the Blues winning the Stanley Cup, um, I still get goosebumps when I watch the uh, watch this happen. Oh, and I mean, and Chris, you're from Wisconsin. Desmond Howard's return. I mean, in in the Super Bowl. I know you're old yeah, enough to remember yeah. that one. So, I was, um, I w- <laughs> I couldn't watch that one live because I agreed to take part in this thing at college that was happening that night, this event, and so I was at that and couldn't watch the game. <laughs> Why would you schedule an event? I didn't know Ooh, that's what cool. the I, I I have no idea. Like I, I look back and think like why, why would, would anyone? I, I know. I know. Like it, it was it was a big event, um, and I didn't realize when I agreed to do it that like that's when the Super Bowl is sort of like um, 
I missed the last time the Packers won the Super Bowl because I was flying back from Mexico. But then we didn't think that that the Packers would even be in the Super Bowl, so we didn't take it that seriously. <laughs> like I even flew through. I think the game was in Dallas. I flew through Dallas on the way home. So in theory, had like my flight been delayed, I could have like skipped out and gone and seen part of the game. Yeah. Even the people that had tickets to that game weren't able to see the game as I remember it, but <laughs> yeah, I think that's about right because of Jerry Jones. But uh, uh, yeah, it, it's it's for it, and it's it it's weird to me because it wasn't a championship. It wasn't, you know, it's the U.S. men's national team, so they're not a particularly great team. It was just, and it was a simple, it was advancing out of a group. It wasn't even the best thing that that core of players did together. The best thing they did together was beat Mexico and nearly beat Germany if it weren't for a handball, but, uh, yeah. in know, two, but, um, but it, there's just something about the, the swing. And I can remember in late in the, um, Trinidad and Tobago match thinking we've been through this before, but it was almost the opposite there where we were like hanging on and then that goal that phantom goal that panama scored um happened and then you just it, it's just like okay we're it's at the end of this thing we have to do something we and then i'm thinking well donovan did this before i i remember what it was like i remember feeling this despair before the joy i'm gonna get to do that again and then no it was not that so um but yeah the the best my best moment as a U.S. soccer fan that didn't happen in person. One of my best, most favorite moments as a sports fan, period, 10 years ago. I can't believe it's 10 years ago, but 10 years ago tomorrow. Yeah, that the fact that it's 10 years ago, I I agree with you. It's like, wow, has it really been that long? Obviously, it has. And, and yeah, just the swing uh, out of it. Now... I'm going to ask you guys this just because I can here. We talked earlier about this young core that we see and when they play well together, I know we get really, really optimistic on it, but seeing some of these guys and the success they're having in Europe at such a young age, do you start to just go, maybe we've got that O2 core coming through again with the potential of something like that? One of the things that that O2 core did was have a successful 2000 Olympics. And um, you would have thought that we would have qualified probably for the Olympics this year had the qualification actually gone on. Mm -hmm. Um, And and maybe some of those guys could have potentially been, I know they don't have to be released, but maybe some of them could have been released for their teams. And we could have seen something this summer. which COVID took away, but uh, yeah, it would have been, it would have been cool to, to see that, but yeah, it it does kind of feel like that the players are there, but they, they, they still, because of us soccer and because of Greg Berhalter, they still feel like individual pieces to me. They don't feel like a team because I I have no faith yet that they can be a team. So that's fair. Um, that said, I think you would have said the same thing of you know, Demarcus, Donovan, yeah, probably. John O'Brien. Uh, you know, in what what I will say with the O two team, two thousand one, even probably spring of two thousand two. Sure, but what that O two team had, it had Claudio Reyna and. Brad Friedel on the back, you know, on the, mm-hmm. yeah. you had yeah. in key spots, you had some veterans that yeah. do some things. And who's doing that for us is Christian Pulisic, our key veteran. Are they going to bring Michael Bradley back? Might and, be right now. I, yeah. I, I don't see Michael Bradley or, or Josie or there's not a spot on the field playing. for Michael Bradley. Yeah. There's not a spot on the field for Michael Bradley so, right now. No. They, and maybe, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe. Not, a, not a knock on Michael Bradley. Maybe it's a good thing that they get to do their whole thing. They they get to, because of what happened last time out, maybe it's a good thing that we, when they are able to play it again, play again, it, it's going to be a whole new thing. So I, I, Yeah, I, I do think, you know, a rebirth is was necessary. And 
remains so. Um, so, you know, maybe seeing a whole new cadre of players changes everything. And when, we've when you talked look- about, I've talked about, like, for as long as, I don't know, we've done any of these podcasts or U.S. fan TV shows or whatever, that um, the quality of, of player, at least on an individual level, was improving. But the team quality has been lacking for a number of years Mm -hmm. and you know there is that problem of as your individual quality goes up so do your egos and everybody wants to be the star and everybody wants to have the largest paycheck and whatever all the all the all the problems well i I wasn't even gonna say mexico but i mean mexico is just the same all the problems that you know argentina the netherlands yeah uh, france Brazil, yeah, and have Brazil, uh, and uh, Mexico can be just as bad. Uh, uh, England, um, you know the 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 thing is, like I, I always said, if we could just get better, uh, as as it like England is us just with better players, but England's problem has been like in terms of like what we want to be anyway, you know. We pretty much want to be England. We just we we've tried to be them. We just didn't have players of, of the same quality. But they run into the same issue. Now, England and Mexico, I always set off a little bit because their um, their media so worship them that I think their egos get outsized even for what they are. I was gonna say I was gonna say I think their fan bases have unrealistic expectations yeah. of them at all at yeah, all at all turns. And they're, they're, Chris is right. Their media is. Worship them and then tear them apart and then destroy like, them. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> that. It, it's it's ridiculous. But anyway, um, my my broader point is just that you know we've played better as a team than we like. We we've been more, greater than the sum of our parts as a nation mm-hmm. for for the last twenty years. I guess you could say for probably as long as we've had a national team, but. Um, we're finally reaching the point where our player quality might be reaching the level that we could be respected regardless. We have to prove that that can translate into an actual team and that we haven't done. I do believe our, the the team that should have qualified for the last world cup was probably at, at least on par with the best in terms of skill team we've ever had, whether that be 2002, 2010 or 2014, maybe even say the, the um, Copa America team, the, the Centenario Copa America team. Um, but they failed miserably. And I don't know if that goes down to egos, if that goes down to um, you know, leadership I think some of that goes down to coaching. Uh, you know, some of that was certainly some of the losses in there absolutely had to do with coaching. Sure, but um, I don't know. Now, now I'm way off. But I've gotten I've gotten very tangential on my point. Um, we have to see that these guys can um, can turn all this skill into something meaningful. Because it's awesome to have a star like Pulisic, and one thing I one thing I meant to note when uh, when we were talking about the Premier League coming back, remember ten months ago when people were like, "Yeah, he's not going to make it. He's never even going to play for Chelsea." It's like here he's been a star for them at times. When when he's yeah, healthy, I mean, there, yeah. There was like, the point where there was I was starting to wonder if he was going to play for them because he just mm-hmm. wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. And then he comes in that first game and gets a hat trick. And yeah, that was, oh, that was I don't the, think... Car- the Carl's Bro Cup or whatever. No, that was a Premier League game. Was it a Premier Okay, I thought it was, okay. Um, anyway. But, yeah, he, he, I don't think he's been as good as we could have hoped, but he's been solid for sure. Like yeah. It's, um, the Mexican fans like to compare him to El Chuki, who um, was Isn't absolutely garbage in in Italy. Um, he's not even the best 
player they have. I don't know why they, yeah, guy so much, but because they always hype up, they always pick like one player that they just completely overhype. Chicharito was the was the guy before that. But anyway, like my my point is just, well, it, it's awesome to have a star like Pulisic, but we have to find that we can showcase that star and then still have the rest of the team to to fit around them. I mean, I think if we could have had Dempsey, Donovan, and Bradley all hit their peak at the same era, we might have played in a semifinal or better. You know, I don't think we would have won a World Cup. I'm not suggesting that. But, like, all you need is, like, one good game at a time. And we could have won some of those games. We came close to reaching a semifinal with fucking Wando. I, I, we... I shouldn't say close to a semifinal yet. It would have been quarter, but but things were stacked up. Like things were falling in line in that in that tournament. We could have, with a good team, probably been in the semifinal there. Yeah, and, and we, and and that was with that was with Wando missing a wide open goal. And it's you know, too bad we didn't have anybody in the system in the pool who we could have selected for that team in 2014 who had experience <laughs> scoring. Late minute, in late, late goal games. Games. Yeah. Who who was good at keeping his head? Um, was good yeah, at he could have come on directing the offense and marshalling. Guy, you know, or, maybe you don't start him anymore, but he's a huge spark when he comes on. He's good in big games. Receding hairline, uh, yeah. <laughs> of course, he had a receding hairline his entire career. Right? <laughs> God. It, if there was only it, a player. But, but Jurgen, no, I, I mean, I, like anybody can say, okay, what if so and so turned out? But the the chance is, uh, the, the the thing is, like, if we'd hit the just right on some of the ages, and we almost did with two thousand two, it just sucked that like John O'Brien had health issues. I was gonna say John O'Brien, if the wind was right, was getting hurt for six months. Well, it was that. The, the legs being different size things. Yeah. Thing. Um, you know, if if his health works out, we have a solid core at an extremely young age. You know, we hit the same problems everybody else had. We just didn't have the depth. We are building the depth. And that is what is promising to me. You know, DeAndre Yedlin, oh, you know, to, to totally, like, Ignoring the 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 thing, his comment about um, you know not feeling secure playing for the U.S. under these circumstances, maybe um, maybe we've moved on from him either way, you know. And true. And I like to me that's a good thing, and and, and it's right. not because I want like I I like him. It's not that I want him to to go. It's just that it's better for our country and our program and, and, and the entire bigger picture if we have three or five or ten guys to choose from at that position as opposed to, well, we got one guy who plays in the Premier League, so he's automatically the starter. We had Jorge Villafania playing left back because he's basically the only guy we had. Yeah, yeah. For, like, like... <laughs> There was such a lack of depth there for a while at some positions that not a huge I mean, knock uh, on him. He wasn't terrible. To but Marcus it, Beasley. Yeah. We had to like stick back at left back because we didn't have another choice. He even after he retired, we made him come back. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna Jeez. I was I was gonna ask if he's gonna be on the next World Cup team just out of <laughs> He should be. I feel like he I should feel- be on all of them. The, the, isn't, there's one guy from like Saudi Arabia who's played in what five or six in a row who holds the record, right? I think it's Saudi Arabia. Sounds. I I, I wouldn't. Sure, we'll go with that. Five or six in a row, though. What? They, Saudi Arabia hasn't been in the World Cup. It, that that does seem a lot. So maybe it's five. It's like there a is Middle a forty-year-old man in the Middle it, East. It's like yeah. a Middle Eastern team that I thought. Yeah. They've been in that many World Cups in a row, even. Like, and then I thought, and that guy's played. But I'm also like, I don't know. I don't pay enough attention to like a team like that that I have no real, um, no real fear of, and no real interest in watching. 
you know, like you always know Brazil and, and Argentina because either you're afraid of playing them or you're interested in watching them. Germany too, you know. When I did this story with Demarcus, I told him one of the reasons that I wanted to do that story about when he played for uh, the Fire and the U.S. in the same day is that most U.S. fans remembered him as Old Man Beasley. <laughs> like this huge portion of the fans that came online around 2010 remember yeah. him as Old Man Beasley when in fact... Like he was the young gun for the longest. He time. was. He was. Um, yeah. He was just a kid. He was I mean, Mister like, Endurance. I mean, so, God, what what was he like? Seventeen, uh, TJ in that like two thousand um, Open Cup championship. Yeah, yeah, it had to that be that one we went to. Yeah, he said. Yeah, he was still in like, finishing high school at that point, remotely, yeah. I guess, when he Correct. was when he. Yeah, when he was just starting with the fire in 2000. So, yeah. And it, it's... Love these. Well, and it, it, it's fun to think back to that because I'm going to take Chris from the Wayback Machine. The I mean, before DeMarcus Beasley, they had Josh Wolf. I mean, it's not like the mm-hmm. fire... They had a Yosh, couple... Ante Razov. Ante Razov, yeah. And... The, because Josh Wolf and um, De- and Demarcus Beasley specifically, I remember coming through that Project Forty disaster that MLS had for a while. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. yep. that's why um, Beasley was and, actually at LA Galaxy for like a minute at the beginning before he came to the Fire. And Dima Koval- and I believe Kov- Kovalenko came through that same that same thing. If, if I want to go back in time, but when did Chuck Blackmouth come to the Fire? <laughs> was that after? Was that like two thousand one? No, he was there in 2000, I think. Was he? Winalda came in 01. But I think that 2000 group, the ones that lost to Tony Miola, Kansas City, I think I think he was Chuck Blackmouth was there. <laughs> it's okay. to the point where we don't ever explain that one anymore. Either you get it or you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I, that's what I enjoy about it. On US Fan TV, we did it enough that people were into onto it. But you know, it's. I will admit, the first time I read it, I was like, "Who the hell's Chuck Blackmouth?" I was like, <laughs> "What? I've never heard of this person." And I was like, "Oh, I got it." <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you guys someday. So now that we've kind of gone completely in a different direction, I didn't anticipate tonight. We'll bring this one back to the end. So this is the minivan dad soccer pod. <laughs> one, 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 one point though. All right. Uh, today is the 35th anniversary of the hand of God goal. It is. Yeah. Speaking of Argentina and the world cup. Mm-hmm. I did see that today. And, and the I... 35th anniversary then of the 30, I'm going to beat, I'm going to beat eight defenders. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to dribble around the entire team, which is probably the best goal ever scored. So I, I, I saw um, on Twitter day, somebody go, that goal is so overrated. Watch the defending on it. And then I went and watched it. And yeah, the defending wasn't a quality you would expect. But then again, there was, I think it was right before he went on goal, the uh, second to last defender he beat. His change of speed was incredible. That's the thing. You have when you have a player like that running at you, the your ability to see a shift and stay with him is kind of thrown off, both physically and probably mentally, because you're just intimidated. I, yeah. I think we also, however, judge um, defenses of that of of the past by current standards. And defense is way better these days because yeah. they could simply, like, you could borderline clothesline someone <laughs> and get away with it back then. Like, yeah. you, you know, you could do the most ridiculous tackles and get away with it. And it was just considered like, oh, it's just part of the game. And now we work so much harder to protect the good players in particular um, that they actually have to defend. You know, they can't just like hack somebody down because, well, eh, 
What are you going to do about it? Well, I mean, David Luiz is continuing to try that. <laughs> I mean, it's not to say it doesn't still even, happen. Like, there are still I some can't players, talk about him. players who, have, who have careers based on it. That's but, true. Uh, I'm really pissed at Patterchek for that. <laughs> he goes over, starts running yeah. Chelsea, and, and yeah, here you go. Have this guy. But we knew. We all knew. Yeah, we were. I told you this, Chris. We were lying to ourselves. Well, when my, my, we do this thing, we get so excited about. Oh, Arsenal's going to sign a person, a human being. They must be good. <laughs> he must like. We knew him. We've known him forever. We yeah. know he sucks, except at passing and free kicks. And we knew full well what we were getting. That what on defense he, he's a cone. He's a cone he, or a red card. He got. He got mentally fucked up by Bastian Schweinsteiger in 2014 at the American A, and he has not been the same player since. And he's just not good. I, 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 still, I still feel like my, my comment at the time was, on a free transfer, if he's there to help train guys, he does have a lot of experience. He knows what it's like to play at a top level. I don't have a problem with it. I think we talked about the problem is if we turn him into a full regular starting defender, and that's immediately what, of course, we did. If we had used him responsibly, I think this would be fine. But we did the Arsenal, we did the Stan Kroenke thing, which was, hey, we got this guy. We're going to fucking play him so we don't have to sign somebody else who I should pay for. Here's another thing. And and this happened with Mustafi, too, where he would make a decent play. And then he, there's one play a game where he would basically be responsible for a goal. If you are going to continue to not have good players sitting in front of them in midfield to help cover for them. If you're going to continue doing that, then... You're exposing them, yeah. To and and Torreira was decent, but they never played him at the six. So it it's we haven't had a great player there since Vieira. Yeah. We haven't had a really good player there since they had Cazorla playing there, and he he even played a little higher than that. But it there's we we still have there's a problem holes. of. We still have the problem, and, and this has been going on since probably Vieira left, at least Vieira left, of for every like one top player, rather than replace that player, we'll buy two cheap players. And yeah. you you just you can't, we can't play do we can't play that. with twenty two guys. At some point we run out of players to fill those positions. So now you've got, you know, two or three players filling the hole that one player used to fill. Well, we got a short somewhere else then. You know, Mustafi, I, I actually think Mustafi would have been fine if he would have been a number two center back. Yep. And we'd had a really good number one. But we never filled that number one spot. And we ran uh, Koscielny into the ground. And yep. because of the way we did it, he told us to fuck off. And while I think it was a dick move that he pulled to leave, he was right to do it. Like, I can't... I can't fault the guy entirely because we did fuck him over. So why wouldn't he turn around and tell us to shove it up our asses? But if, you know, if we'd found a replacement for him, maybe Mustafi doesn't get sold out. And then maybe Mustafi doesn't get the narrative built around him that he can't succeed here. So now it's like... the guy who got mentally torn down, yeah. I I don't think... He did some bad stuff, but I don't think he was nearly as bad as... No, I, narrative I, I think I think we put him in a bad. I think we put him in a position to fail, and now he has this narrative of being a failure, and he can't. We can't. He can't get away from that. You can't. You can't stick that on somebody and then go. Well, yeah, you fix it. We won't. As fans, we won't let him fix it. Like he has to go somewhere else just to survive. It's why I felt like Ozil has had to leave for years. It's stupid to stay here. What are you doing? I don't care if you're collecting a paycheck. You're never going to succeed here. You could could go out and win the rest of the season for us. And come September, we're still going to be like, 
I don't trust him. I don't like being an Arsenal fan. I know. I realize that. It I, really does. I don't like. Suck. I don't like the losing. I don't like the way that we we fucking just it's, destroy our guys. It's not even the like, losing. It's the 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 losers mentality or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is why I stopped supporting the fire. I'm just so far invested in Arsenal that I can't stop. It's no, the same with the US teams. right now too. It's like it's like the, yeah. the US has done the same thing to me. Just oh, we're gonna fuck you over. And it's like I I want to stop. I want to stop watching. I want to I, I wanna just tell you fuck you and walk away. And yet there this, I go, find myself the next week watching again. This is why I don't formally choose a Bundesliga team because I want to enjoy the league <laughs> without getting furious every fucking weekend at the same stuff. And I, it's like, I, you know what you're going to get, you know what it's going to be. And they, it's, it continues to get worse and worse and worse. And I know we didn't want to talk about this, but it's, it's just, Oh, why am I doing this? Thursday, <laughs> Thursday, my friend from Southampton, who is, who he's English Pat. He is absolutely English you. And I, I've, I've told him this. Uh, at some point, I need to find a way for, for you guys to meet. Um, based on the things he says and whatever, he is English you. Um, oh, he is going to be fucking with me come Thursday. I, I hope it ends up that we kick their ass and I can fuck with him instead. Because I'm so not looking forward to Thursday. Because I know he's going to fucking just sit and like rip on me the whole fucking time. Because we are not going to fucking, we are not positioned, uh, healthy, or I think in a yeah. mental place to play well. We'd no, be it, 15th if it weren't for Burned Leno. Yeah. And we're about to yeah. find out how bad we really are going to be. Although that Emmy Martinez stop that he made right away was, was that good. Was, but, yeah, that was impressive. Yeah. I, I, I was, I was, a, I, I really thought as soon as they took that shot, I was like, oh shit. And I, wow. Yeah, that was legit. And, but, uh, yeah, but if it weren't for Leno, who actually does have a winner's mentality, it seems to me, um, we'd be so much lower. You know, I, I heard I heard people say, uh, or I saw on on Twitter, people say it's telling that nobody stood up for him immediately. Like when he was when he was getting carted off and he was um, screaming about the foul and stuff from the um, from the stretcher. Yeah, that, like the the other players weren't backing him up, and they were saying it's telling. And I was thinking, if that's telling, then it's telling on how shitty our fucking team mentality is. Because I'm sorry, if he's a dick, he has a right to be. Yeah, he, I, should, he should be pissed off at the rest of them. And he should be an asshole to them. Because they do not deserve him. They have not earned the right to, to look down on him in any way whatsoever. They should have stomped on Maupe. Maupe? I don't, I don't know how you say that dude's name. Um, the moment that injury occurred, the fact he even touched Leno should have been, yeah, you are getting fucked up right now. And I don't know, Tony Adams or somebody would have. I, I hate this shit of, oh, back in the day. Well, you know, talking about some guy who played 20 or 30 years ago. I hate doing that shit. Aside from a couple guys, it's very, I, I will talk, it's, I will it's talk about very make America great again and, and Henri. But yeah, but yeah. that said, Tony it's Adams the, the, stopped yeah. that motherfucker's throat and said, and, and like ground his spikes in to be like, this is what you get. You don't touch him. If you're, and, and that you injured him, or the, you're, you're going to be yeah. out just as long. If you're longing for the uh, the the white guy who would put his fist down your throat era, that that is a that's a slippery slope when you go. But I know what you mean. Like there's you need a bit of that sometimes. I, I didn't I didn't I didn't mean it as the white guy. I guess I just meant like Tony Adams no, was he, like was like one one of our like angry players. You yeah, know? like I know a guy you, who would like, stand yeah. up and and like takes it because Vieira would have done the same thing. Sergio Ramos is still making a career out of it. But like, um, there's still guys in Chicago that do this with like Dick Butkus. So Dick Butkus, oh yeah, yeah. stepped on it. Yeah. those guys are all. They all believe there's more than 6,200 people in Tulsa. They're, they're, the, yeah, uh, they're 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 living they're living in a fantasy 
uh, yeah, and that's what you know. Yeah, you do want about yesteryear, but there are certain you gotta stand things, up for your teammate. Yeah, yeah. That like, and that and that I agree with. So let, let's wrap this one up with um. So now the new reports are, Joe Hart is out of contract oh God, at Burnley after no. this year. Seeing that, seeing that Leno's going to be out for a year. Would you? Would Wait, he's going to be out for a year. Maybe we can go. Oh, that's that's the latest word because it's yeah. probably. I mean, my my assumption the way he went down was that's an ACL, and the fact they wouldn't um, show it. The the. Uh, the stuff I saw on social media today are it's suspected to be a cruciate ligament tear. He will probably be out for a year. Why do we? And that, in which case, they... I'm sorry, we do not sign on a free. We spend fucking money. But if you think Leno is going to come back, if, if he's going to come back and be good, would Joe Hart be a good one year fill in that gap type player? I mean, he's going to be the best. Joe Hart is is English sideshow Bob in this case, and I will get because he's a name, and I remember him being good like eight years ago. Yeah, I will want him, but I know full well that probably no, we should just have Emmy Martinez start. But uh, or Or we go go fucking sign someone. You go spend real money on a real goalkeeper, but we won't because we're right in the Stan Kroenke happy spot where he doesn't have to fight for Champions League. He's not yet worried about relegation. He's going to be, he's probably thrilled that we're ninth because that's, he's a ninth place guy. That's about right. I can't argue that statement. No, I, I, what, what I hate about this Joe Hart rumor is it, is exactly the kind of stupid fucking thing we would do. Oh yeah. I now look. I I I, I think he's a decent enough goalkeeper. I just don't like him personally. I don't want him. I've made fun of him at every stop along the way. I will regret if we sign him. I will make fun of him then, but I will be fucking angry that we did it. Because it's just stupid. It's an unnecessary, cheap if you look waste at of money. The trajectory of teams that he has played for. Yeah. In a normal world, you would think that he's below Arsenal quality, but this is not a normal world. So. Which is which is Arsenal quality, I think, these days. But uh, why are we um, doing this? The the one thing that makes me think like this is this is a double-edged sword. I think okay, uh, maybe because he played at Man City, uh, that's why they're 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 making the the uh, rumor here. On the other hand, I think Pep got rid of him at Man City. Yeah, right away. And and if you have so, Pep's right-hand man and a guy who I don't know to listen to both of them wants to be Pep Jr., is he going to take this guy on? Like, that's the one bit of hope I have, is that Mikel Arteta, leaning on his, like, wannabe Pep roots, will say, I don't like him for the same reason Pep didn't like him. I don't want him. That's my only hope in stopping this. Because otherwise, this is a... This has Arsenal written all over it so much that... We might as already we might as well already make up the the jersey. We and really if, just if they, need the Nigerian they, guy to come by us. Oh, we do. God. And, and if they sign Joe Hart, I am going to get you a Joe Hart goalkeeper's jersey, Chris. Oh. Because I can, because I can. I, I might I might punch you in the face. <laughs> would it say Hart or would it say Blonde Hitler on the back? Yeah, <laughs> Blonde Hitler. Blonde Hitler. Oh. I would actually take that. <laughs> That's the other thing. That's the other dude's thing. only I, missing a mustache. I don't, want, I don't want blonde Hitler playing for us. <laughs> I've never been able to... I, I still call him that to this day in almost every reference. I got that from uh, Men in Blazers. <laughs> he grew a mustache for Movember a few years ago. 
but because he's so blonde, it only looked dark right in the middle. So it really didn't look like he had a Hitler mustache. And it was amazing with that, how much he really does look like Hitler. <laughs> After they called him blonde Hitler, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan had a Hitler mustache oh, he did, in he a did. Haynes yeah. commercial. <laughs> and he's so... Like, we just go, okay, Michael Jordan, you can have a Hitler mustache. There's nobody else on earth who could have a Hitler mustache where you would go, you you wouldn't get mad. But with Michael Jordan, we're like, oh, yeah, we just collectively decided as a people that we were okay with the fact that he had a Hitler mustache in a Haynes commercial. He's remaking Because he's Michael Jordan. Yeah. (laughs) That's just like, that's a bold move. Like, that's like, (laughs) let's see what they say about this. I remember that commercial. Wow, that's all right. So it's the minivan dad soccer pod. <laughs> We're gonna wrap this one up. Pat, do you, got any, do you got any final thoughts today? No, I think we've covered it, TJ. I think we've covered every all the territory and then some. And Chris, do you got anything? No, you're done. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. You're absolutely done. <laughs>